Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. Before we dive into our topic today, which has been the topic du jour for all of us for probably the last what, month and a half, um, I want to share just a little bit about easychoirmusic.com. They are the sponsor of churchmusicmakers.com and of the podcast. And one of the things that they're doing right now in, in this craziness that's going on um, of us not being able to be together and sing um, is they're helping you create a virtual choir. You've probably seen them floating around social media. They look really cool. They sound amazing. But it's a lot of work. Um, and it's not always the easiest thing to do to line up all of the audio tracks and the videos and all of that but they will do it for you. For $10 a singer per song, uh, they'll put it all together and make it pretty and sound great. Um, so definitely take them up on that. Check it out if that's uh, the route you're wanting to go. But that's where we're going with all of this, is what in the world do we do? Things are starting to open up uh, here in Texas. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit more normalcy, I guess, whatever normalcy is going to look like from here on out. And we're met with lots of questions. So the last podcast dealt with uh, going back to in-person worship and what that looks like. And today, I want to deal with our music ministries. And what what does this look like? What What could it look like? I don't know. That's the hardest part, and that's the, the thing we all come back to. We just don't know. Last Tuesday, um, it was a big webinar put on by the uh, American Choral Directors Association and a few other uh, choral organizations, and the information shared was not positive at all. The thing that everybody took away from it and hung on to and, and got all doom and gloom about was we may not be able to have choirs sing for the next one to two years. That's ominous, isn't it? That's hard to take in. What, what would that look like? Whether it's, it's in our churches, whether it's in the world around us, no choirs singing for one to two years? And I, I fell into that trap, personally. I, I got overwhelmed by that number, and uh, I had a rough go of it. But then I started thinking about it. I started praying about it and saying, there has to be a way. There has to be a way. And the reality is that this whole quarantine shutdown thing wasn't to ever, ever, to get rid of the virus. The virus is here. The virus is going to be here. There's no getting rid of it. The virus is going to do what it's going to do. It's going to take on whatever form it takes, whether or not you have symptoms or not. But yet, somewhere along the line, we have to live our lives. We have to be able to navigate through this life this world in some kind of 
normalcy, I guess, whatever that looks like. And the reality is, sure, we could we could hide. We could we could, you know, just stay away from other people, from everything else, and miss out on a lot. And as I was thinking through that, I thought that just that doesn't seem right, and that doesn't seem like that's what we're called to do. And so over the course of the week, um, I was really kind of just thinking and praying about things, and for my handbell choir, I kind of came to this realization that we could get away from our tables, we could have our music on music stands, everybody wears a mask, everybody's socially distanced, and then some, and it might work in a smaller group. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking six ringers. It could work. So that's kind of where my thought process is for my handbell choir, and at least it's something. You know, at least it's better than, than the alternative of not doing anything. I don't know what the response to that's going to be from <laughs> from my ringers, but I think it could, could definitely give an opportunity to get more people involved. Because it's simpler music, it's not you know, having to do all the different bell techniques and this and that. But it could give people an opportunity to do something. So that's kind of where I'm wrestling around with that. And I think that's going to be a positive thing. And I wrote a blog post about it yesterday. But I come back to the choir part of things. Ringing handbells with a mask on isn't hard. It's uncomfortable, yes, but it's it's doable. I don't even want to imagine what singing like a singing with a mask on would feel like. It would be absolutely uncomfortable. It would be hard to hear, hard to sing. No, that's a non-starter right there. And of course, the 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 reality is, and the concern is of how. The aerosols travel, the, the particles uh, travel when we sing is a lot further than if we were to cough or even if we were to speak. And on top of that, then we're you know breathing in deeper if we're doing things properly. So you could, you could take that virus even deeper into your lungs and so on. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, the reality is, no matter what statistic you look at, and I've, I've basically given up on looking at statistics for the most part, but the reality is, if you look at, yes, it is sad, and it is tragic that people have died, and I'm not minimizing that at all, but a majority of people who have been infected with the virus have recovered. And so I, I look at that and I say, okay, we're all adults. And I'm not saying that I'm going to get my choir together and sing all together. That's not it at all. Because that wouldn't be the wisest. But my choir room is a good sized space. I mean, normally uh, it could seat 
uh, about 125 in tables and chairs. So I've got different levels. I've got lots of space. So realistically, you could spread it out. So the brainstorm hit me. I'm still trying to figure out the realities of it, if it's even possible. So um, I'm not saying I'm starting this tomorrow or anything like that. But what if basically I rehearse with my choir in sections? Say, okay, Sopranos, we're going to rehearse. And we spread them out around the room. It's possible. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't be able to have masks on. And, and I think there'd have to be some different angles and things like that. But I just don't know. I mean, this is the struggle with this virus, is you may not have any symptoms. And yet you have the virus. One of our members of our church has the virus. He only had a headache. The only reason he was tested was because a co-worker had been diagnosed as well. And so I figured it was good to get everybody else checked. And he went ahead and had the test. And sure enough, he was positive. He only had a headache. No other symptoms, no fever, no coughing, no nothing. In fact, he told my senior pastor that in all of this, he's been bored. That's been the worst part of it. But that's the scary part overall, is that we could be infected and not know and pass it on to others. And so that's the part I'm trying to balance out in my head of what that could look like. And I just don't know. So back to that original question, where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, I think the obvious answer is be patient. Luckily, for many of us, we have the opportunity to really just kind of step back and let the summer be what the summer's going to be. I mean, most of us typically kind of have our music ministries take a break over the summer. And so then it's kind of figuring out alternatives and God willing things will be different by August or September I don't know nobody knows but I listened to the uh, Choralosophy podcast which I highly recommend it's a great great podcast uh, Christopher's a, a school choir director he also directs a community group in Kansas City, and also he's a church choir director. So he's got his he's got his feet in in many many different worlds. Um, but he had on an expert from Johns Hopkins University, and the interesting part was at the end of that podcast, which which left me hopeful to some extent, and, and it was where I felt that encouragement of patience. Is he said there's not that much data in right now. And so you, we say trust the experts, but the problem is not the not all of the experts agree with one another because there's not that much data to go on. But as time goes on, more and more data is coming in. So where we're at right now in May could look completely different come the end of June. It may be more positive. It may be more negative. We just don't know. And yes, this is the hardest part. We have no answers and we want to have answers we want to have 
a direction. We want to have a plan, right? I mean, that's that's been the biggest struggle for me personally in all of this. I've just wanted a direction. Give me an answer. Give me a plan. And I don't know is what I keep coming back to. And it's frustrating. But I think if we are patient, if we're thinking creatively and thinking outside of the box, because honestly, the box is smashed into a million pieces right now. There is no box. If we're, if we're thinking creatively, because we are creative, we are creative, we will figure it out. We will find some ways to make this work. Yes, one of the things that was said in, in the webinar last Tuesday was, sure, you can rehearse if you're outside and you're, you're spread apart and the wind's at your back. Okay, that works. I live in Texas, <laughs> where it's about to be um, surface of the sun hot for the next three months, at least. So that's probably not a reality. But I think when we're patient, and when we wait, and I mean, come on, that's our human nature, right? We are impatient. We want to know an answer, and we want to know it now, if not sooner. So what does that, what does that look like if we are patient? Well, from my experience in life, not even just with music ministry or ministry in general, when we're patient, we get the answer that we need instead of the answer that we want. Because sometimes, as I've said many, many times to many different people, God gives us three answers. And one of them he gives more often than the other two. God will answer yes. God will answer no. And God will answer wait. And usually the wait is the one that we hear most often. But the wait is because God has something bigger in store. Something grander. Something more mind-boggling in a positive way. Not in a negative way, because I think we've had our share of just mind-boggling craziness over the last month and a half of life. But when we're patient and we wait for God, we learn things about ourselves. We learn things about others. We learn things about God and his character. And when the time is right, then things turn out the way they're supposed to be. And so that's, that's what I come back to in all this. We're, we're going to spend time, all of us, are going to spend time thinking creatively. We're going to spend this time looking at different resources, looking at plan A, plan B, plan X, plan Z, right? That's who we are. That's what we do. We plan, we prepare. And when the time is right... Whenever that is, whether that's in three months, whether that's in six months, we're going to find a way 
to still connect people together through music because that is what we do. That's what God has called us to do. That's what God does through music. And if nothing else, over the past month and a half, I think we've been hammered away with that realization of how much we need that. Yes, we are social creatures. Yes, that is so true. But it's more than that. Well, yes, when we get together for choirs, um, there's the social aspect of it. And that, that is a draw. And yes, the social aspect of making music together is a draw. But it's all of it put together. That's where the power comes in. So where do we go from here? We pray. We look at resources. We make plans. We seek counsel from others, whether that's medical experts, whether that's other musicians, whatever the case may be. But we wait. And waiting is hard. <laughs> it is hard, hard, hard. But it will be worth it. That has probably been the thing that I've felt since probably about Thursday. Is that optimism. That hopefulness. That while it is hard, while it is challenging, the waiting is going to be worth it. And I don't know what that's going to look like. None of us do. Whether that's people will realize how much they need and want to sing, that our choirs are going to end up just exploding in numbers. Oh, I pray that would happen. Or whether that's new, amazing, beautiful, oh, soul-moving pieces of music are going to be found and created through all of this. God's going to work through this. I am convinced of that. It may look a little different or a lot different than what we expect it to be. But that's okay. Because when the time is right, amazing things will happen. So let's close in prayer. God, you see a picture far bigger than what we can see. You know the future. And we don't. And for that, we're thankful. Give us patience as we wait. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. Give us a vision. So that we can see what it is that we are supposed to do in this time. Help us to use that time wisely. Whether that's to seek out new music. Whether that's to create music. Whether that's to think of something completely different in our paradigm. Maybe it's a choir that doesn't even involve singing. But whatever the case is, Lord, you are in control. And we know that when the time is right, you will show us the answer. You will lead us. And most importantly, we pray that you would keep us all safe. For those who have been infected with the virus, I pray that you would protect them and keep them safe. For all of us as we 
figure out what to do and, and where to go and how to make this work. I pray that you would keep us all healthy and safe and protected. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.